You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 320. I'm Jimmy Kempsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation. We are going to get to our Eagles, our final uh, Eagles-only mock draft of the 2023 draft season in advance of the draft, which begins, of course, on Thursday, runs through the weekend. But before we get to all that, uh, we'll just sort of touch on some of the news items, like the signing of... Uh, Alameda, and we'll look at some of the running back rumors that have been swirling around the Eagles and just league wide. And uh, mention quickly, you know, our thoughts on the Jalen Hurts. Uh, I just got paid press conference. Uh, but before we get to all that, I, as always, need to know where I can find the finest meat snacks in the land. Well, Jimmy, I just had some righteous felon craft jerky the other day. I went disc golfing with my dad. Um, big time listener of the podcast, as is my mom. So shout out to my parents, uh, had a good time and pretty good, pretty good, uh, companion snack for the disc golf, you know, any kind of thing outdoorsy. It's getting nice out, Jimmy, people, you know, you're going on a hike, you're in a park, wherever, like you bring right mm-hmm. to selling craft jerky with you. It's a great, uh, thing to fuel up on, especially if you're doing an activity. So you can get some for yourself by going to right. Just to... not the spicy. Don't get the spicy one if you're out, out for like a long one, because the spicy one is actually legit spicy. Save that for oh. home. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be near, <laughs> yeah, you know, milk or whatever you need to kind of cool <laughs> right. bread, or to cool that down or whatever. Um, but they have plenty of flavors that are not spicy that um, certainly will help fuel you up just like Righteous Felon fuels the Philadelphia Eagles players that have it at the Novacare complex players right are, outside the weight room who right are back, there and they're back at the Novacare complex by the way their, mm-hmm. their off-season program began last Thursday on 420 so um, not necessarily the whole roster but a lot of the guys on the team are there and they're working out and they're chowing down on some righteous Helen craft jerky which you can get by going to righteous and using discount code BGN 15 for 15 percent off your order Jimmy uh, we're, we're coming off our special guest interview with Tommy Lawler that was a great episode had a lot of fun uh, yeah, make sure you go listen to that one if you're listening to this one first. Sure. Like if this one appeared in your feed and you went, oh, I'm going to listen to the, the mock draft one. Uh, yeah, definitely listen to the Tommy Lawler one because that was a lot of fun. And uh, Tommy brought a lot of uh, unique and, and very good insights to the table. So definitely check that one out. He brought the juice and we got to get Tommy back on after the uh, Eagles draft to yeah. you know to dive deeper into, into who they actually take. But before we get into... The Eagles draft, which it's crazy to me, Jimmy, that the draft is already here. Um, kind of maybe not the most insightful thing to say, but it just feels like with the season being longer and them going to the Super Bowl, like that really did shorten the time span yeah. from the end of the season until now. Uh, but the Eagles made a move 
So we should probably talk about that. Mm-hmm. They signed a guy who I thought was kind of curious that he was out there for so long on the market, considering he's a younger guy, um, had some production. He's a Philly native, or he went to high school in Philadelphia, St. Joe's Prep. He's from New Jersey. Alamade Zacchaeus, formerly from the Falcons. What do you make of this signing, Jimmy? Yeah, I think uh, he's competition for Quez Watkins. Um, they have similar profiles in that he's a smaller receiver, of course. Uh, uh, undrafted free agent, um, you know, coming out of college with the Falcons, made their initial 53-man roster uh, as a rookie and managed to stay on their roster for four years there. And his production increased uh, each year he was there. I don't have his numbers in front of me, but uh, had a decent year in 2022. Do you have his 2022 numbers? They, they weren't half bad. He had like 600 yards, and I believe um, his production kind of fell off at the end there once Desmond Ritter came in. But he had, you know, he had posted yeah. good numbers with Marcus Merida, which, by the way, I kind of like that aspect to this signing. Um, not that you want to sign a receiver just because they pair with your backup quarterback who hopefully doesn't have to play. But in the event that Mariota did have to play, at least he has like a guy who he kind of has some familiarity and track record with, kind of like a go-to guy. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good signing. Again, I kind of wanted them to, to look into him, especially because at this time of year, you're looking at like a one year deal with, I'm sure not too much guaranteed money, if any, uh, in that thing. So, uh, and he adds depth. They needed more depth. Uh, he has experience playing in the slot. Uh, I think it's a nice move. Yeah. 40 catches. I have it here in front of me now. 40 catches, 533 yards. So 13.3 yards per catch, uh, three touchdowns last season. And you're right. So, like, earlier in the season, Marcus Mariota got benched during the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was, like, after week 13. It was after the, their their game against the Steelers. But he actually had a pretty impressive, um, I guess, completion percentage when targeted by Mariota. So you look at the three. The, the, he was one of their top three receivers last year. Of course, Drake London, Kyle Pitts were their two top receivers when Pitts was healthy anyway, Pitts only played 10 games and he was shut down for the season uh, thereafter. But when he was still healthy, those are their top two guys. And then Zacchaeus was number three. But Zacchaeus, uh, Mariota completed 72.7% of his passes when he threw to Zacchaeus, only 58 when he threw to London, mm-hmm. and only 475 when he threw to Pitts, which Yikes. is kind of a shocking number. So also, uh, again, this is only when Mariota was the quarterback. Uh, Zacchaeus... 10.9 yards per target. That's a mm. big number. Yeah, and it was just like Dinkin and Duncan all day long. Drake London, 6.6 yards per target. And Kyle Pitts, 6.0 yards per target. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this he wasn't just running, you know, these like in-out option routes all day, uh, you know, that are easy throws for the quarterback. He was, you know, uh, running down the field often. Doesn't have the same kind of speed by any measure uh, as a guy like Quez Watkins, but was – a more reliable receiver mm-hmm. uh, when the ball came his way than Watkins was for the Eagles in 2022. Actually, Zacchaeus' 2022 season mirrored Watkins' 2021 mm. season in many ways in that he was like the number two receiver, but behind uh, a number one receiver who was a rookie in the Eagles' case, Devontae Smith that year, uh, in the Falcons' case, Drake London. And, you know, obviously behind a, a talented tight end in, you know, Dallas Goddard in the Eagles case and, and Kyle Pitts in, in the Falcons case. Um, so he's going to come to Philadelphia and he's not going to be the number two receiver, of course, anymore. May not even be the number three, uh, but he'll have a chance to to take snaps away 
uh, from Quez Watkins in the Eagles offense, you know, assuming he makes the team or whatever. Mm-hmm. The one thing to note is like when he was coming out of college, um, the reason he didn't get drafted part of one of the reasons he didn't get drafted was because his hands were a real big concern area, uh, area, um, you know, just in peeking at some scouting reports from when he came out, like Lance Zierlein of uh, NFL.com under his weaknesses. <laughs> one of the bullet points was pass, ca- quote unquote, pass catching technique is gross. That's <laughs> 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 a, that's a little spicy from, uh, from Zierlein. He doesn't, he doesn't normally get that spicy with his uh, negatives, but uh, some other things here was like catches the back of the football, tries to run before he secures it below average hand-eye coordination. So it was really ripping him for his, you know, his, his uh, pen shot for, for dropping passes. Some point along the line with Atlanta, he his co- he and the, the Falcons co- coaches corrected that because I actually cut up uh, all of his targets in 2022. And um, I only had him down for one drop. And, and that drop was even borderline. You know, it was a high pass and kind of bounced off his hands or whatever. But, you know, some might call that a drop. Some some might not. And he had a number of really nice ca- hands catches, uh, you know, during the season as well. So whatever concerns were there when he came out as an undrafted free agent, I don't think they're quite there uh, as much anymore. But it's an interesting signing. He's not so like the Eagles. There, there's you know the two backups that they have. We'll call them backups. Last year, Quez Watkins and Zach Pascal, the two guys that got playing time last year. Anyway, this guy is very clearly. Uh, more of in more similar in, in his game style is more similar to Quez Watkins than Zach Pascal, and I do think they'll they'll try to add a guy that sort of takes over the Zach Pascal kind of role at some point. Whether the enforcer. that's yeah uh, the JJ Arthago Whiteside enforcer role, uh, whether that's in the draft or after the draft, mm-hmm. but he's not that he he's not that kind of player. He's not a good blocker. He's a very small guy, of course. He's not going to be a good blocker. Uh, but I do think this is competition for Quez. He has three career drops according to Pro Football Reference. Like that's oh, is that right? Yes. Okay, so that's and that's on uh whatever here uh, 151 career targets. So that's pretty good. I like, guess that's, that's a really good number. So yeah, that hasn't been any of me. How many did for, they have for him in 2022? Did they uh, ding him for the drop that I did? He had three in 20. Wait, no, sorry, that was broken tackle. He had zero last year. Yeah, so kind of okay. So they they didn't ding him for that drop that I did. And uh, 109.5 passer rating when targeted. I know you mentioned the completion percentage. So good things happened generally when the ball went his way, which is a nice little sign. I think you know, you're adding him. He, he has experience in the slot. Um, you're adding him as a guy who's not going to demand volume, like we've talked about here, but will kind of be a nice little role player, I think, if, if he has to be and, and can step up in that role. Um, God forbid there's an injury to Devontae or um, mm-hmm. A.J. Brown, then he could step up in the short term and kind of you know help uh you know fill in some of those targets that go missing um but yeah i think it's a nice little move it's also possible he doesn't make the team if he if he stinks it up or kind of looks invisible in camp um but i don't expect that uh he's young and uh only turns gonna be 26 i think in july so that's pretty crazy too to get a player with like who still might theoretically at least have some upside or certainly isn't past his prime uh so yeah it's a good move uh elsewhere in Eagles news. We don't know what he was paid yet, but we're, I think we're both assuming it was a one year, very minimal deal. Like all the other free agents they've signed so far this off season. Yeah. yeah. If it was anything more, we would have heard it. Uh, typically uh, 
for those who don't know, when you don't hear the contract details, it means it's not very flattering. It means the agent's not proud of it and he's not leaking it to somebody. <laughs> so, yeah, probably minimum-ish deal one year. Uh, the big weird rumor that came out of nowhere kind of over the weekend, Jimmy, was that according to Ninja Warrior host slash former <laughs> NFL player, like for, first of all, what a sentence. Um I forget his exact name. I don't have that in front of me. Akbar Gabajabiamila. Yes. Uh, nailed it. Like, he said the Eagles are going to make a move for Derrick Henry. I don't know that he... Did he explicitly say they're going to trade for him? He actually said within the tweet, breaking. Breaking. Colon. Breaking, I think it was all in caps. Bre- breaking, colon. You know, the Eagles are going to... whatever. However he worded, they're going to they're gonna acquire... Derek, they're they're going to get Derrick Henry. Right. And then people came out of the woodwork shooting that down, like Titans reporters, uh, Jake Laser, Mike Florio is another one. They said, no, nothing's happening on that front. So, like, I think we can pretty easily uh, dismiss that. It is interesting that he came out so strongly and said that. I'm, and he, he, and like people questioned him and he was like, just watch. So it wasn't like he didn't back he didn't back off and say this is just my opinion. Right. And uh at Eagles Nut, Greg aka Greg Richards on Twitter noted that Gabaja Biamilla and Derek Henry share the same agent, I think. CAA. Something. Yeah. So maybe he has some kind of inside information, you know, within the you know, within his the represent their respective representation. Um I don't know, but like maybe <laughs> like if go ahead. he gets cut, maybe that could happen. Maybe if Derrick Henry got cut. Yeah, I mean, it's so when you look at like what Derrick Henry is or at least was in his prime, it's not hard to you know, look at look at him, you know, imagine him in the Eagles offense and going, "Holy crap, that'd be pretty amazing." Mm-hmm. But the reality with Derrick Henry is that he's 29. Um He's just had an insane workload over the last four seasons. Over the last four seasons. So 2019, 321 touches. So rushes plus receptions. 2020, 397 touches, which is out of control. Uh, 2021, he got hurt. So he only played eight games. Yep. 237 touches. When you look at 237 touches in eight games, that's like just it's twenty nine point six touches, so just under thirty touches per game. That is a reckless use of a player. Like he was on pace for over five hundred touches in a season. Come on, Titans! Like, like at least try to hide it a little bit, like what you're doing to this guy. And then, in, and then last year in twenty twenty two, he played uh, in sixteen games, and again, high number three hundred and eighty two touches. So over the last four years, fifty five games. 1337 total touches. He's got a lot of tread on. Oh, I actually, I, 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 I said get that, that wrong. wrong. He's got a, he, he's, he doesn't have a lot of tread. <laughs> a lot uh, of tread has been tires. taken off of his tires. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I don't know that you want to be, so if you're going to trade for that guy, his salary is 10.5 million. No, I don't think you'd have to give up much 
to like so I, there's no way they're gonna they trade for a guy before right. the draft because if there's a running back they really like that falls to them in I don't know third round they trade back get some picks on day three like fourth fifth sixth round if the, they get a running back they really like there then they'll just draft one and then they won't trade for a guy like to, or sign a you know a veteran um, that that could become available or is available but if the draft comes and goes and they don't you know select a running back there are a lot of free agent running backs that could be available for Henry I don't think the trade compensation would be all that much because you look at this Titans team they're rebuilding now. Um, They'll probably just be happy to get him off their books, and not have to pay him you know, ten point five million this year if they can get some kind of pick in twenty twenty four, which of course the Eagles have twelve of currently. Assuming you're not assuming, I mean they're going to get four compensatory picks, so they're going to have twelve picks total. But you can't pay that guy ten point five million. It's just too much money for what he probably will be uh, in twenty twenty three and beyond. So uh, I don't view that as a as a realistic scenario. Like you said, if he gets cut and then he wants to come to the Eagles because he views them as a Super Bowl contender and he wants to add that to sort of his mantle Reunite over his career. Then, AJ Brown. Then, yep. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna you, if he wants to play for a discount for the and, Eagles, fine. By Mariota. all means, yeah, sign that guy. But like and you have like a, a backfield of of now like Rashad Penny and Derrick Henry, and cool. then on passing downs, Kenny Gainwell. It's a pretty ridiculous trio. Uh if you keep all their carries kind of down like as as a committee. That's like a committee on steroids, which would be pretty ridiculous. But again, you're not paying that guy $10.5 million. I agree. Um, you had mentioned some other running backs who might be available. I think I didn't read your article completely, but I, I think you came to the conclusion that like Dalvin Cook could make sense if the Vikings cut him. Yeah, they wanted to draft him in 2020, excuse me, in uh, 2017. Mm-hmm. I think it was 2017, but it they was. got jumped by the, uh, yeah, 2017 because they took Sidney Jones. They got jumped by. The Vikings, uh, who took them uh, out from under out from under them and uh, settled for Sidney Jones, Cook went on to have you know a, a, a really good half decade uh, with the Vikings. This is a guy who's averaged you know uh, twelve fifty six rushing yards and three hundred and fifty receiving yards per season uh, over the last four seasons for the Vikings. Still a good player, twenty eight years old. Uh, he's coming off a season where he had uh, you know one thousand one hundred seventy three rushing yards and the Vikings might cut him to save actually a similar amount to Derrick Henry 10.4 million because they can't find a trade partner for him. So we'll see if they eventually uh, cut him. And if they did, I could absolutely seeing, I could absolutely see the Eagles throwing in a bid on, on him as well. Yeah. Another reason too, why I'm not saying like you don't take Bijan because those guys could be available. Like you're near counting on that. But another reason why you wouldn't do a move like drafting Bijan Robinson at 10, because you could use your resources to add those kind of players. In addition to having what you have, in addition to maybe also adding a guy on day two or day three at some point, a running back in there at some point, uh, not to make this all about anti Bijan, but I just, I think that's yeah. part of, that's part of why um, that move wouldn't happen. But I, here's how I'll put it. So like Dalvin Cook is what? Like objectively a top 10 back? Sure. Like at a minimum mm-hmm. over the last five years or so? Yeah. He could be available in free agency. Right. You look at like any – like so after the draft comes and goes, there's never going to be a time where like a top five to ten offensive tackle is just going to be available on the open market. Or defensive team cut end, them. It, it doesn't happen. Defensive tackle. So like the point, yep. they're easy, running backs are easy to find, and you can always find – not always, but there's, there's a good chance that 
um, at any point you can you can add a running back and it's not going to cost you all that much yeah, to do so. That was my point with Rashad Penny. Like the fact that I know he's going to get hurt and they're not they shouldn't just count on him as their only plan. But the fact that people will say reasonably so that he can be like one of the best players, or at least one of the most productive players at his position mm-hmm. in the league next year, like that that is a ceiling for him. And you only got him for a 600k guaranteed. Totally speaks to the value or lack thereof of running backs. And again, a reason why I just don't see the Eagles putting significant resources into a running back at the number 10 overall pick when they feel like, I mean, because at some point you have to do more with less somewhere. You can't just do, you don't have unlimited premium assets to spend. You have to budget yourself somewhere. So that's probably where they will. All right. Anyway, uh, Jimmy, why don't we take a break here and then we'll get into our, our dueling annual seven round Eagles mock draft. I think each of the past two years, we've talked about how we pretty much nailed their picks between Devontae. we're very smart. And Jordan Davis. Yeah, so, you know, you never know. Maybe we have a pulse. Maybe we're just completely <laughs> lucky about this. Um, we will get into it after this break. Back after this is what you're looking for. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back here on BGN Radio, brought to you by Righteous Helen Craft Jerky. Forgot to plug them before the break. RighteousHelen.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. All right, Jimmy. Also, I should probably plug this now, um, and as opposed to the end of the podcast. Thursday night, Jimmy. Thursday night. If you're not doing anything, not just you, but anyone, you're probably working. I'm also working. I, I, I have an event for uh, Philly Voice in Camden. Wow. Which uh, is actually... Uh, very fun. Uh, we had, they had it last year as well. Uh, good times. Uh, I will be at an event at Pistola's Del Sur, which you may have already attended. If you're listening to this, we've had a couple BGN watch parties there. We watched the Eagles-Washington game at the end of the 2019 season. That was fun, where Greg Ward caught the game-winning touchdown from Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. And then we watched the Eagles-Cowboys game from early in 2021, which is a terrible game to watch live because the Eagles just got destroyed. Uh, But still, always a fun time at Pistola's Del Sur. I'm going to be there hanging out, and they'll be doing a draft bingo party giveaway thing. Uh, Pistola's has great food. I love a lot of the things on their menu, drink specials and everything as well. So go check that out on Thursday night if you're in Philly. It's on Passyunk. Um, Pistola's Del Sur. It'll be a good time. All right, Jimmy. Yes. It's time to start our Eagles seven-round mock draft. We're going to do day one, day two, take a break, get into day three. I feel like you should start us off with your pick, in part because I think you have your pick happening I'm before trading my yeah. pick at number 10. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I have him trading up with the Raiders uh, at pick number seven, and I have him taking Jalen Carter. Mm. I think uh, a reasonable trade-up cost uh, for the Eagles to, to go up and do that would be, of course, their their 10th overall pick. And then their second-round pick uh, this year, uh, which is pick number 62. Now, the Raiders actually win on the draft value chart uh, on that one. Makes sense for the Eagles because they go up and they get a guy that they feel is probably that they probably feel is a as a blue chip type of prospect. Um, the unknown here is you know whether he'll pass the character test, um, depending on the work that is done by Dom DeSandro, the Eagles' head of security. Uh, but certainly the the talent that uh, Jalen Carter possesses is you know, I mean he's ridiculous. <laughs> like he. It just has an inc- a crazy blend of you know power, quickness, change of direction. He can two gap, he can one gap, meaning you know he can play the run. He can control you know the gap on on each side of the guy blocking him. He can you know penetrate the line of scrimmage and, and get after the quarterback. Was thought of by many as the most talented prospect uh, in this draft. Three Georgia players got drafted in the first round of the 2022 draft in Trayvon Walker. Uh, first overall, Trayvon Walker, Jordan Davis, of course, to the Eagles at 13, and Devontae Wyatt at 28. And a lot of people felt that Jalen Carter was the best player on that defense. Um, of course, his stock took uh, several hits over the past few months, um, You know, beginning with a weird report from Todd McShay, who said basically that there were char- character concerns. And then you know, much bigger knock was, not knock, but a tragedy where um, he, Jalen Carter may have been involved in racing cars uh, in, in an incident where a couple people passed away uh, in a car crash. And um, then of course there was his pro day where he kind of looked like out of shape and like just, just kind of running through the motions, going through the drills, just did not look good. So the Eagles have, a, you know, the Eagles and every other team have a lot of work to do in terms of, um, you know, is this guy going to play hard for us? Is he going to be the, the guy that, that we think he can, is he going to live up to his talent in the NFL and with the Eagles, I think there's enough veteran leadership that they can, you know, perhaps get the most out of him. But the talent is undeniable. Um, and as far as, you know, does it make sense for the Raiders to move back? Yeah, I think it does because their roster just totally sucks. And they need help at a lot of positions where, um, you know, they can get a player at pick number 10 where there should be good players available, namely cornerback, where you can get, you know, whoever's left of Christian Gonzalez or Devin Witherspoon. Uh, or offensive tackle, you can get whoever's left of left of Paris Johnson, uh, Broderick Jones, Peter Skaronsky, etc. So uh, they could move back, pick up an extra draft pick, and I think all parties would be happy there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really going to be interesting to see what happens at five. That seems to be more of like the um, the latest rumors seem to indicate it's like five is is where. Like if Jalen Carter is still on the board at that point, it's like, oh, the Eagles might have a real chance to get him. I think uh, I still think Detroit is one to watch for. There's some buzz that that won't be the case because he doesn't fit into their culture. Tommy kind of talked about that. I don't know. I feel like um, the difference between I think I've said this before, the difference between teams normally picking, you know, at five and six and the Lions and the Seahawks where they have these extra first round picks, they might feel feel a little bit more emboldened to be able to take that risk because this is not like their own pick. You know, they got this pick in a trade. Um and they might feel they might be of the mind that they are like a one kind of difference maker away from getting over the hump or making it even further 
uh, either into the playoffs with the Seahawks or actually making the playoffs in the case of the Lions. Um, so I really, I really think if Carter gets to seven, then I almost think he's an Eagle unless the Raiders just love him and I guess take him. But I just don't think they, I don't know that that makes the most sense to put him in Las Vegas. Uh, I, I do think there is a realistic chance that Eagles can get him if he falls to seven. So, and I think they should. I think they should take that risk. I think they're in a unique position, like you said. And I think <clears throat> the fact that the Eagles are in this spot where, in theory, uh, in, in their hopes, they're not going to be picking this high again. And if you have a chance to kind of take a, a blue chip kind of potential difference maker like this, you got to you gotta do it. So uh, you have Jalen Carter, which I think is reasonable. I forgot the sound effect, but I'll do it oh, for yeah. yours. So <laughs> I'm going to stay at number 10. Uh, I didn't spoiler. I didn't do trades in my mock because I I just don't feel. I feel like you can kind of get into a weird area where, uh, not saying you Jimmy because you have trades projected, but in, in general where you know some of the trades are a little too favorable, or uh, I just don't know how realistic some of these trades always are. And I think it's kind of interesting to have me talking about uh, options at their current picks versus you kind of talking about where we're moving. So we're covering all our bases here. So with the number 10 overall pick in the 2023 20, <laughs> Eagles BGN Radio mock draft BLG version, you know who I'm taking. It's my boy, Nolan Smith. How could I not have them take <laughs> Nolan Smith? Um, yeah. I, I love him. And so this is a mix of what I think the Eagles will do and what I think they should do. Nolan Smith, if there was like uh, a part in the spider chart, you know, where there's like height, weight, you know, bench press, all those, and, um, you know, 99 percentile for who has, who would 99 percentile like, uh, Jordan Mailata for height or whatever, you know, something like that. Um, when, when a player has a really elite trait, Nolan Smith to me has 99, a bunch of them. <laughs> well, he, well, for, <clears throat> he has those athletically, but maybe more, even more importantly, has that dog in him, capital H, you know, like, that is 99. He, I, I, that is a guy I want to bet on, and I don't think that's irrelevant. I think that's a big part of why Jalen Hurts is so good. Now, he's obviously very athletic as well, and there's, there's a lot of natural talent in there, but I think the same thing applies to Nolan Smith and different positions and all. But I just, I think at the end of the day, someone like Jalen Hurts, someone like Devontae Smith, those are guys you do not want to bet against. And I feel like you, you will feel foolish if you do. And I famously did bet against Jalen Hurts from a talent perspective, and I was wrong about that. And I kind of regret that from the character perspective now, knowing, you know, especially how driven he is. Yeah. And I think Nolan Smith is another one of those guys for me. I just think you do not want to bet against that dude. He wants to win. You watch him play. That dude is one tough MF. I think he is incredibly athletic and talented as well, not just a try-hard guy. The production concerns, I think, are overblown. Again, I, I think I've mentioned these numbers before. If you look at his rate metrics, and that's relevant because he didn't just play a large volume of snaps because of all the talent at Georgia and how they're rotating guys. Mm -hmm. um, he's right up there, top of the class in all those kind of categories. So uh, I know he's smaller, but he's like, I think, basically the same size as Hassan Reddick. He's not that much smaller than Micah Parsons. And I just think when you're thinking about how the way the game is going, a lot of these mobile quarterbacks... I think you want some edge rushers who or it's not the worst thing to have him a little bit undersized guys who can kind of like run down these quarterbacks and chase them around in the backfield, as opposed to your more prototypical four, three end body. Uh, mm -hmm. I just think Nolan Smith is a stud. I really do. And I think only the best 
uh, is still waiting for him. I just I would feel so confident in that pick. I think um, I would I would not regret betting on Nolan Smith. Yeah, he's always had the ability in his body, like as how he likes to say. Um, he was a highly rated prospect coming out of high school, second in the nation via uh, I don't know if it was Rivals or ESPN, but he was number two number two recruit in the, in the country when he was coming out of hunch, uh, high school. Had the best spark rating uh, in his recruit recruit uh, his recruiting class. In case you don't know what spark is, basically just it's like a it's a metric that um, sort of measures uh, athletic you know athleticism. Um, crushed the combine. Ran a four three nine, mm. vertical jumped forty one and a half inches at two hundred thirty eight pounds. Yeah. It's insane. He's a freak. He's, he's an elite athlete, and as you mentioned, like he's got the dog in him. Oh. He like he is not just an athlete; like he's a physical run defender. He's tough. Uh, he, he's willing to set the edge so his so his teammates you know could collect tackles at Georgia. Um, you watch any interview of him and you can very clearly see he's going to be a culture fit mm-hmm. in 32 locker rooms in the NFL. Um, had an immediate role at Georgia uh, as a true freshman. Production hasn't been great. So the knock on him is that, you know, his best year, he had 53 tackles, 4.5 sacks, one interception, three forced fumbles. Those numbers are good, but like they're not, they're not like some of the other top prospects, um, you know, in, in this class. A lot of that has to do with just, Georgia's insanely loaded defense. Mm-hmm. One thing I think that's also a possibility with, and I don't know that like you project them this way, but maybe this is just kind of how it plays out is, you know, the Eagles have Brandon Graham and, and Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. So reps rushing the passer from the edge mm-hmm. are probably going to be few and far between for anyone that the Eagles draft on the edge, but he could, but he could also maybe play the will position. Uh, initially, if he can't get on the field a lot uh, as an edge, like if he just proves during training camp that he's too good to not have on the field, I don't think it's unrealistic for him to play, you know, one of the two linebacker, the off ball linebacker spots uh, in the short term before uh, ultimately you take a guy this high, you want him going after the passer. Mm-hmm. But in the short term, I think he is good enough where he can maybe play line, the off ball linebacker. Uh, for a little while until you know they 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 lose Brandon Graham for example or or however sort of it plays out down the line but um, you want him going after the the quarterback ultimately but I think he does have some versatility in his game as well. Two quick things to wrap him up. Uh, number one, the Eagles just paid two hundred and fifty five million dollars to a player they talked about as a culture setter. And that's not the yeah. only reason they did that. That is the phrase that Jeffrey Lurie used. I think Nolan Smith is a culture setter on defense. Agreed. And number two. Um, uh, Peter King had mentioned in his final mock draft, which is always kind of not to say he's always right on every pick, but definitely kind of worth a gander and kind of worth considering. Um, he said he was told by an NFL GM that the Eagles absolutely love Nolan Smith, which wouldn't be hard to believe because you could just see like, I mean, <laughs> like that's a Nick Sirianni player, right? There, Nolan Smith is a Nick Sirianni kind of dog culture kind of guy. Um, so I would, I would love the Eagles to get him. I, I am increasingly convinced they will not get him for whatever reason. I think maybe it's going to be Carter or whoever, um, but I would love to be wrong. I would love to see. The he, he's there. my guy if they stick and pick uh, as well. So I yeah, also think like it's that. not impossible that he could be off the board before 10. I think sure. he's, he's one of those guys that like uh, there's kind of been like I've seen like I think I forget who put it out. I don't know if it was Glazer or whoever, like guys who might go a little bit earlier than you think. And I think he was one of them. And because I, I could see that again, like, that is a guy you, you if you're a team and you're like, um, you know, 
I don't think this is how you should think, but like if you're worried about messing up, some of these GMs are, as we talked about with Tommy, because these are high picks. I just think that's a guy who like you're not going to be like uh, like sweating as opposed to maybe like Jalen Carter. Oh, do we make the wrong bet? Like, no, mm-hmm. you're betting on a really good character, football character and everything by all accounts person um, yeah. and talented guy. So, yeah, I love Nolan Smith. Can't say enough good things about him. And uh, I would love to see him on the Eagles. Well, I have him trading back at 30. So why don't you do your uh, your pick at 30? Yeah, so my pick at 30 is a <laughs> is a guy who I am also very intrigued by. And if we're going to Howie Roseman's line about unique kind of talent, tools in the body. I mean, how many guys are built like Dewan Jones from Ohio State that the Eagles brought in for a pre-Jaff visit? Um, this man is massive. He is... <laughs> 732 pounds if you look at his spider graph i mean you're talking about you know like 98 99 percentile and like height weight uh arm length he is he is just a, a big man he's he is massive and uh yeah 99 97 percentile height 98 weight 97 wingspan 97 arm length and 98 hand size huge mm-hmm. Uh, you, Jimmy, you like big hands. Almost 12-inch hands. Yeah, 11 and 5-eighth-inch hands. Huge. Um, kind of reminds me like, put of... Put your hand up, and they measure from, like, the tip of your pinky to the to the tip of your thumb. Right. Go get, like, uh, go get a ruler <laughs> and, and measure, like, 11 and 5-eighths. And that's this, like, it's... He has... Ab, he's just an abnormal human being. He's huge. And I feel like that's a guy you just want to give to Jeff Statlin and be like, figure it out. Because like, and uh, you know, he also it's not like totally unathletic too. Um, reading his scouting report, um, uh, it's not like he's, you know, I in like Jordan Davis, but I mean, no one is exactly um, that kind of elite athleticism. But you know, I, I just think Dewan Jones, imagining him mashing people, these Eagles offensive line, just the the visual of him i know they play on the opposite side of the line uh but like you know jordan mylotta massive left tackle dewan jones a massive right tackle in the future um i just think that's a beautiful thing and that's where i'm going with at number 30 uh so like i said i have the eagles trading out of pick number 30 with the i'm trading with the titans so the eagles get pick number 41 where the titans are and they get pick number 72 Mm. Uh, in the third round from Tennessee and Tennessee moves up to 30. I think that makes sense for a team like Tennessee or some other team that's looking for a quarterback. Um, you trade up into the back end of the first round, you get the fifth year option on that player. So I think where the Eagles are sitting at pick number 30 is a valuable pick, maybe not necessarily as much value to them as it is for another team that has their sights set on a quarterback, like Hendon hooker mm-hmm. from Tennessee, for example, or if, I don't know if Will if Will Levis falls or actually I saw over might I go number Will Levis is might go number two. He's like, the betting favorite, I believe, to go number two, <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, I don't think um, uh, so. There's reports that C.J. Stroud could fall. He's not going to fall all the way to thirty. Um, but yeah, certainly a quarterback like Hennon Hooker could be a guy that that somebody targets uh, the back end of the first round. So it was pick up two picks. They move back eleven spots and they pick up a third round pick. And there. I have them taking Trenton Simpson. Wow. Linebacker from Clemson. A for a lot of the same reasons. Yeah. For a lot of the same reasons uh that I just noted above with not above, but a minute ago, with um uh Nolan Smith, mm-hmm. where 
he's just a super gifted athlete. Like he ran a, like he's a little overshadowed by Nolan Smith, but he ran a four, four, three. He's six, two, 235 pounds, ran a four, four, three, not that much different from the four, three, nine that Nolan Smith ran, um, you know, long arms, uh, put up, uh, uh, 25 bench reps. So, you know, he's, he's like, he's a, he's a, you like that for, for the, from the standpoint of, uh, durability did a lot of different things in Clemson's defense. So I don't think he's just like an off all like the Eagles, of course, are famously not taking linebackers very high, uh, but he does a lot of different things. So they made an exception for uh, a guy like Michael Kendricks back in the day, because he also had ability or so they thought they didn't use him this way, I guess, but as a pass rusher, Trenton Simpson had six and a half sacks in 2021. So he's got that in his game. He plays the run. He can cover the knock is recognition skills. So, um, but I, but I feel like that's not that big a deal in the Eagles defense because they have Nicobe Dean already, of course, who we expect is going to start in 2023 and beyond his whole game is about instincts and recognition, but they could probably use a, a, like a really athletic linebacker to sort of, um, I guess, complement what Nicobe Dean does and also doesn't do well. And I think he could, I think Simpson could play, you know, either the Sam or the will spots uh, in the Eagles defense. And in my opinion, he's kind of become something of an underrated prospect in this draft. Like he, a year ago, we were looking at this guy as potential like top half of the first round kind of prospect. And he had, you know, sort of a, um, sort of a meh kind of 2022 season, but he has the ability in him. And, you know, like I said, I don't think the Eagles, the Eagles are, are famous for, you know, not using, you know, significantly value valuable resources in the draft, particularly on, on, on linebackers. But in this case, I think he's more than just an off ball linebacker. I think he can get after the passer and, and sort of play in the, in a similar role as Hassan Reddick sometimes, but he brings that versatility and uh, gives the, the Eagles the ability to be sort of quote unquote multiple uh, in Sean, in Sean size defense. A uh, guy with two last names. I think you could say, right. Is that fair? Yeah. It's Trenton, uh, a common Trenton makes the world takes. I was going to say shout out to Trenton, New Jersey, nearby <laughs> where I grew up. Um, a, uh, you know, a wonderful city. And uh, The Simpsons is a great show. So yeah, there you go. It's got it all. <laughs> I do think um, it does seem higher than I think they would take a pure linebacker just based on their history. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 like I'm not saying you're wrong. Although I am, I'm no, I'm saying like, <laughs> it's one of those things where just like with B John, it's like, let me see it. And then I will believe it. You know, it's hard okay. for me to, to envision it until I actually see it happening. But I mean, they do have a need at linebacker. Again, obviously. I think he's more than just an off ball linebacker sure. though. I think he can get after the passer. Right. I think there's a lot of prospects like that in this, or multiple prospects like that in this year's mm-hmm. draft. Um, like a Nick Herbig. I know um, they were talking about him. Shane was talking about him. Shane half on the BGN radio feed. Um, some of these like role player specific niche uh, linebackers. I think that's kind of interesting. Um, all right. So that's your second pick, right? Yep. I don't have a second round pick because I traded it to okay. the Raiders. So, so then I go? will go to wrap us up for this part of the show before we take a break before day three. I have the Eagles taking with their second round pick, a running back, a guy that Tommy Lawler talked about, Zach Charbonnet. No, I know it's uh, Zach, Zach uh, Charbonnet. Charbonnet. Charbonnet, yeah. Um, Charbonnet. Uh, bigger back, like Tommy talked about. <clears throat> a guy who... I, the Eagles need to add a back at some point. It feels like 
I don't have to, like we talked about with the veterans potentially being available, but I think they will and should at some point because um, can't just rely on Rashad Penny. And I think there's good value to be had on date or late some point day two earlier on day three. Yeah. Uh, in any kind of mock draft that I would do in any kind of simulator, Zach Charbonnet, Charbonnet was always available to them uh, in like that range with their second round pick, which, you know, it doesn't mean it's going to happen in reality, but I just do mm-hmm. think it is kind of like a sweet spot thing. That was kind of like how it was with Miles Sanders back when the Eagles drafted him. I felt like he was like commonly available at their second round pick um, and made sense there and was a like, good value there. So I think this could be a case um, that applies here as well. Uh, and I feel good about them adding a running back. How do you feel about him? Yeah, 195 carries, 1359 yards, 14 touchdowns in uh, 2022. 7.0 yards per carry playing for Chip uh, at UCLA in 2022. So very productive. North-south runner, breaks tackles, finishes runs, good vision. Uh, You know, is a guy that doesn't leave meat on the bone, which I think people kind of got a little tired of seeing Miles Sanders do that Mm -hmm. uh, throughout his Eagles career. Did less of it in 2022. But this this guy comes into the league as a rookie, won't won't do much of that. Uh, Can also play on passing downs because he's a good pass protector. You're not going to like line up in the slot like he's Brian Westbrook or something like that. But uh, he does make catches as a check down guy and then can gobble up yards after the catch. So, yeah, I think he's a great fit. Uh, for this Eagles offense if they were to take them late in the second round. And that wraps up my day two. So why don't we take a break here before we get into our day three selections. But first, Jimmy, where would I... Well, you have a third round pick, so... Oh, true. We each have our third round picks. Uh, But that's okay. We can still do that after the break. break But we're not done with day two yet. Yes, correct. Not done with day two, (laughs) um, but we were done with the first two rounds. But Jimmy, yes. what, where, where, who would I contact if I'm looking to buy, sell, or rent a house? Oh, that's a great question. And I have the answer. It's Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, of course. Uh, and you can reach her call or text at 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. Of course, voted by God uh, as the best realtor in the history of the universe. So, you know, crazy not to use her if you're going to buy or sell your house. Brandon? Can you play the sound effect again real quick? With the number one pick in the best realtor ever draft, Kristen Roach selected number one. That's right. Wow. Consensus. (laughs) All right. We'll be back after this. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, she's the greatest, 856-906-9295, Back here on BGN Radio, I messed up. And said we were done on day two. We're not done on day two. We're done with the first two rounds. But mm-hmm. it's time to get into round three. Jimmy. Yeah, and it's my turn here yes. because I I picked up a, a third round pick from the Titans in mm-hmm. my trade out of the 30th overall pick. And with that selection, I take Cam Smith, mm. cornerback. From uh, South Carolina. <laughs> I forgot where he was for a second there. 
but yeah, I like him because I like him as as an Eagles fit. He's another guy that that was um, you know sort of thought of as a, a first round talent. Uh, you know, a year ago, he's aggressive, you know, sort of twitched up, kind of press man corner. Likes to get physical with receivers. The downside is that he's grabby and a whiff on some tackles sometimes when he goes ankle diving. But the athletic traits are there. Uh, he's sticky in coverage. He's good at locating, making plays on the football. But he's got some things to iron out in this game, which for the Eagles' purposes is fine because you can coach him up. And he's, you know, corner. If you take a cornerback, they're probably not going to play a lot early on because they have Darius Slay and they have James Bradbury. Darius Slay being 32 years old, James Bradbury, you know, going to be 30. It's going to be 30 years old. So they're going to have to replace those guys in the near future, but certainly not in 2023. This is a guy that you can coach up and can, you know, potentially take over as a starter uh, for for one of those one or you know one of those guys uh, in time. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a guy that has all, plenty of talent. It's just who can unlock it. And in the Eagles' case, they have some time to to develop him. Uh, behind the scenes before he has to play a bigger role. All right. I like it. Exciting. Um, <laughs> I have a different cornerback with my next pick. Okay. Uh, I think, uh, ideally, you know, the Eagles would be looking for more of a starter. But with my third-round pick, I have the Eagles selecting a guy you've had in at least one of your mock drafts. I think only one of your mock drafts because you usually change your picks up. I change all of them, yeah. To cover, you know, a wider base of prospects. Trevius Hodges Tomlinson. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, again, not the perfect profile in terms of, I think, ideally, the Eagles could add someone who profiles more as a starter on the outside. And although his experience at TCU mainly came from playing on the outside, uh, THT, if we can call him that, is going to play more so probably in the slot in the NFL, considering his lack of size at 5'9", 177 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you put this well. I'm going to steal your point. I think he's actually 5'8". Oh, wow. <laughs> Even smaller. Um, but I'm going to steal your point. Like, Monte Maddox gets hurt a lot. And yeah. last year, the Eagles had to rely on Josiah Scott. And that did not go well. He was no. like a... Teams were basing their game plan on attacking Josiah Scott. That was very clear. So I think the Eagles kind of need... It's not just like a luxury to add more depth at that spot. And... You know, let's say there's a world where THT comes in, he's killing it in the slot. Maybe I know I've kind of railed against this idea because I don't love it for the sake of just doing it for no reason. But in a world where um, you have another great slot option, maybe you can have Avante Maddox take some more snaps at safety uh, in the mix there where the Eagles certainly can afford to, you know, add more talent or more uh, do some shifting there, considering their current options are Terrell Edmonds and uh Reed Blankenship so mm-hmm. uh, that kind of frees you up to be able to do more things with your secondary options and THT is a guy who quite simply makes plays uh five interceptions the last two years he had 36 passes defense gets his hand yeah, on the ball number. a lot yeah 15 last year uh three forced fumbles as well so this is a guy who makes plays and uh, also had uh, four tackles for loss. So uh, I feel good about adding him to a secondary where the Eagles just lost a big playmaker in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, not saying it's a one-for-one replacement. Um, but when you can add a guy who can make plays, uh, I jumped at the opportunity to do so. Yeah, and like Maddox, he's uh, um, he'll hit. Like he's, he's an aggressive defender in the run game um, where Maddox has gotten into trouble is when he does kind of stick his face in the fan, so to speak. He, yeah, he's like he's not been durable. Um, 
But yeah, if you, if if uh, did you mention that he's the nephew of Ladanian Tomlinson? Uh, I did not explicitly, but I feel like huh? some people he is. Yes, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's um he's obviously going to be a slot corner only. If he were four inches taller, people would be talking about him as a first round pick. But he's not four inches taller, so you're going to get him somewhere like you know near the end of day two, uh, early day three. But yeah, I certainly like the fit for the Eagles there. Uh, from Waco, Texas, by the way, and I just watched the Waco Netflix. So did I. Oh, nice. Well, not not like <laughs> yeah. nice in that it's uh it's very tragic, and I I guess I never yes. really fully like I, I've obviously heard of you know that event in some ways, but never I never uh-huh. had like the full like knowledge of actually what happened. And man, that is insane. Um, pretty wild. I also watched the uh the Boston Marathon one recently. So for whatever, I so did I. Yeah. Okay, so for whatever reason, I've been on a um <laughs> documentary kick uh and really uh really tragic stuff, but also really um interesting to see. And in both cases I learned a lot. Like there was obviously like I you know of those events, but there's details in there like that I did not remember or know at all. Um so if you're looking The to- Boston Marathon one in particular, it's crazy the footage that they had oh, in there. Oh yeah. Like especially the shootout in Watertown, that ha- yeah, like they had. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, oh my gosh. They actually had them like, like they showed them like throwing a bomb at the at the multiple cops. bombs. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy that they actually have footage of that. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, uh, anyway, uh, Jimmy, I think it's so. Yeah, so that was your pick, pick number ninety four in the third yes. round, right? Yeah, so right. my final so, two picks are in the seventh round. With my. Pick in the in the third round, the Eagles pick uh, at ninety four. I made already made a third round pick because I traded. I got it from the Titans. I'm trading that pick now. So I think uh, trading out of that uh, pick at, at the back end of the third round makes a lot of sense for the Eagles because, of course, they don't have any picks in rounds four, five, or six. There are a bunch of teams that are loaded up with uh, day three picks. And it makes sense for them to move, you know, some of those picks back up into the third round. Uh, one team that I identified is the Bears, who have six picks on day three. So the Eagles pay, uh, trade pick number 94 for a pair of fourth round picks uh, from the Bears. It's pick number 103 and pick number 133, uh, which is a compensatory pick in the, in the back end of the fourth round. And with the first of the first of my new fourth round picks I select Wanya Morris wow you know who he is definitely tell me more about <laughs> him he was uh he, he's actually first of all he's named after one um I may be pronouncing this incorrectly Wanya Morris of boys to men fame mm. so obviously he Shout is out. a he's a Philly guy that's he's right named after uh a boys to men. Guy. By the way, boys uh, to men playing at the Eagles uh, halftime of I think it was a Giants game in 2014. That was okay. one of the coolest things I've ever seen. They were they were awesome. They crushed it. Yeah, they were very good. Yeah. Uh, my, my actually my girlfriend at the time they was at that game and they showed her on the jumbotron while wow. <laughs> boys to men was playing and I saw it from the press box. It's like holy crap, there, there she is. That's funny. Uh, but they her and my sister went to the game together and they showed you know, my girlfriend and my sister on the nice jumbotron. Nice flex by you. <laughs> yeah um anyway morris uh again you know very highly recruited uh high school player coming out ninth ranked uh by espn originally rolled enrolled at tennessee transferred to oklahoma so his 
you know, college career didn't quite go uh, as planned. He was a backup at first at, at uh, Oklahoma, eventually became a starter, right tackle. Um, but he's got, you know, pure physical tools, uh, as extensive experience playing at left tackle at Tennessee and at right tackle uh, at Oklahoma. So, you know, the Eagles value that left-right versatility. Mm-hmm. They have a vacancy at swing tackle, of course. Not that Andre Dillard was a swing tackle, but of course they lost him in free agency. So you'd think that maybe uh, a guy like Morris can can be a swing tackle in the short term uh, with Jack Driscoll maybe being a swing guard. And then, you know, your depth is, is set for a while and, and Morris has some upside as a potential guy that can take over long-term for uh, Lane Johnson down the road. You don't necessarily count on that from a guy that you're getting in the fourth round. Uh, but if he can develop over time, then he can maybe be that. But at a minimum, you're getting a guy who can at least give you some competent depth, which they certainly need some more of along the def- along the offensive line. I feel like you're kind of a fraud because you're Mr. Like, oh, Eagles are definitely taking offensive linemen <laughs> early and you waited this long. Um, uh, I do think yeah. – Oh, I, well, this is the challenge of drafting. They do have yeah. multiple needs and it's hard to get to everyone. I do think um, what I meant to say when I was talking about Dewan Jones, I do think one of the Eagles' first three selections will be an offensive lineman. I feel pretty confident. I don't know if it's going to be in the first round, but like bef- their second round picker before, I feel like it's, they're going to pick an offensive lineman at some point there. Um, so that's the only thing I, I think here is it just it feels like if you're doing a mock draft sim and you're not taking one pretty early, I just don't. I don't think that's realistic. All right. Well, my next fourth round pick. Pick number 133. We mentioned him in the last podcast with Tommy. Daniel Scott. There I couldn't is. believe Tommy said that when he when he said that during the podcast. Daniel Scott, safety from uh from Cal. Um and he's there's a lot to like there. And I'll get into my real reason for uh you know selecting him um in a minute. But just as a prospect, he is you know highly athletic. Uh, safety. He's good, good size, 6'1", 208, um, had good production the last two seasons for Cal, uh, 82 tackles, three interceptions, five pass breakups, uh, forced fumble in 2021, uh, 85 tackles, three interceptions, seven pass breakups, two forced fumbles in 2022. Uh, at the combine, he ran a 4.45, which is good for a safety, uh, 22 reps on the bench, 39 and a half vertical jump. So he's got a lot of ability in his body. Tommy Adam is more of a third round pick. So maybe I'm uh, cheating here a little bit, taking him here at the uh, back end of the fourth round. But as we mentioned on the last podcast, in, ca- you know, in case you didn't listen to that, I'll mention it here again. Jeff McLean had put out back in the day uh, when, you know, in sort of the heyday of Carson Wentz, that the Eagles are just drafting guys that, uh, by the way, I said that the the agency in the last podcast was athletes first. That's incorrect. It's, yeah, it's rep, rep one. one. Rep one sports. Uh, so my apologies for giving you bad info on the last podcast, but uh, Carson Wentz's agency is rep one sports and they don't have like a ton of draft prospects every year. They have like 10 to 15 or so uh, draft prospects every year. And the number of guys that the Eagles were selecting from their stable of clients was out of control. Like if you, if it were just from like, a, like from a coincidence perspective, the chances of them having drafted as many guys as they did, McLean had figured out there was somewhere like it was, I don't know what the exact number it was like one in a million or something like that. So like, it's not a coincidence that they're taking so many of these guys. And now that Carson Wentz is gone, they haven't stopped 
drafting these rep one clients. They, they, they like last last year they they took uh, so their client list included Cam Jurgens, Grant Calcaterra, and Britton Covey. So they had three guys make the roster, uh, and they only had five picks last year <laughs> from this agency. So I'll, I'll I'll just go through the list really quick again, just for your information uh, of guys. Uh, represented by Rep One Sports, Dalton Kincaid, tight end Utah. They're not taking him. He's going to be a first rounder. Cody Mock, offensive tackle, North Dakota State, possibility in round two. Matthew, Matthew Bergeron, offensive tackle, Syracuse, possibility in round two. Jack Campbell, uh, linebacker, Iowa, unlikely. Luke Musgrave, tight end, Oregon State, unlikely. Uh, Blake Freeland, offensive tackle, BYU, potential third round pick. Ryan Hayes, offensive tackle, Michigan, potential day three pick. Jaron Hall, actually quarterback I really like a lot mm. from BYU, potential day three guy. Junior Fajoko, defensive end, San Jose State, day three guy. I, of course, am taking Daniel Scott here, safety from Cal. And then they have a couple guys who are likely to be undrafted free agents. Kendall Williamson, safety from Stan- Stanford. And Spencer Wiege, who apparently Tommy likes quite a bit. Uh, defensive end from North Dakota State. So those are the guys represented by first by excuse me Rep One uh, Sports. I think those guys are sort of noteworthy mm-hmm. just on the sheer you know fact that the Eagles have taken a ton of their reps, which is maybe not a great way to conduct your draft. And I don't know exactly why. There's, there's got to be a reason for it, but it's more than a coincidence that they keep taking a lot of the, a lot of guys represented by this agency. Yes, definitely. All right. So with my penultimate pick in my mock draft. Uh, I'm in the seventh round here at this point with the Houston Texans selection that was sent to the Vikings and then sent to the Eagles via the Jalen Rager trade for the second time in almost 20 years. The Eagles are taking a defensive tackle named Broderick, although no K in this one. Broderick, B-R-O-D-R-I-C, no K, Martin, who had a pre-draft visit with the Eagles from Western Kentucky, originally uh, began his collegiate career at North Alabama. Uh, big man. Almost uh, similar to Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis is uh, 6'6", 3'36". Broderick Martin checks in a little bit under that at 6'5", 3'30". Feels like the Eagles are going to take a defensive tackle at some point. I know Tommy stressed the importance of that. Uh, it's a little late here in the game at this point. But again, you know, limited resources. I think the Eagles have a... I don't know if it's a sneaky need, but they have a lot of snaps to fill. Like last year, at the end of the season last year, they were using Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Jordan Davis, Linval Joseph, and Indominus Sue, and Milton Williams. All those guys were like playing snaps. And, you know, I, I don't think by nature they're not going to have that deep of a group. Um, that was kind of a rare special opportunity, especially when you're able to add guys like Linval Joseph and Indominus Sue on the end of their careers. Um, but I still think the Eagles are going to want to go heavy and rotate their defensive linemen like they have done going mm-hmm. back to pretty much throughout Howie Roseman's tenure, but especially going back to even Jim Schwartz. Um, so you add Roderick Martin into the mix here as even more depth to add to Fletcher Cox and Milton Williams and Jordan Davis and Contavious Street if he makes the team and you're getting um, Mr. T, Marlon Tui Palutu back. Um, uh, big man, or what's our uh, big Marv is on the team still. Mm-hmm. So, um, just kind of adding more depth to that position. He was one of the first pre-draft. He was the visits. first, first reported one. Yes. No, no, they, we don't know that he was the first guy to walk through their building. But right. early on, it was an early in the process. It was March eighth, which is notable. I sure. think. Um, do you know who their first reported visit was last year? I can't remember that. It was Jordan Davis. Okay, there you go. 
<laughs> I feel so, like that's not accurate, but okay. Oh, well, he was he was the first reported one. Mm, okay. I don't know if he was. At least that he was. So he's the furthest one down on my list a year ago. So he's the first one that I wrote about anyway, maybe. Uh, but the point is, he was er, he was early right. in the process, too. Um, all right. So with my seventh, first of two seventh round picks. I'm taking Dorian Thompson Robinson, quarterback from UCLA. We got a couple chip picks in here. You taking Charbonnet, and I'm taking Thompson Robinson. Um, makes a lot of it was sense actually for the Eagles. Devontae Wyatt, by the way. It was not Jordan Davis, but close. Davis was oh, the second okay. last year. Sorry. Anyway. All right. Makes a lot of sense for the Eagles in the, for the, a lot of the same reasons that Marcus Mariota made sense uh, for the Eagles in free agency um, in that should Jalen Hurts go down, Eagles don't have to throw out huge you know, chunks of their playbook like they did a year ago when Gardner Minshew had to take over. They basically had to throw out the entire RPO section of their playbook because Gardner Minshew wasn't – actually, they did run a lot of those plays anyway, but Gardner, they didn't have to respect Gardner Minshew as a runner. Um, Thompson Robinson – can make plays with his legs, as can Marcus Mariota. He was actually a five-year starter uh, at UCLA, so he's got a ton of college experience. That used to be a big thing that NFL teams looked for. It was like one of the Bill Parcells rules, <laughs> like which I think have kind of – people don't really uh, adhere to that nonsense anymore. But he threw uh, 88 touchdowns versus you know 36 interceptions, um, completed 63.3% uh, of his passes uh, over his college career. But he got better – uh, each year that he was there, much in the same way, Jalen Hurts got better uh, in each of his years in, in college, uh, both at Alabama and at Oklahoma. In 2022, Thompson Robinson completed uh, almost 70% of his passes, uh, 22 27 touchdowns versus 10 interceptions. So I think, you know, from from the constant improvement standpoint, I think it shows that he has worked on his game over the years and has gotten legitimately better, much in the same way that Jalen Hurts has. And I think that makes him an appealing guy, you know, late on day three to the Eagles. Has a chance to be a nice little bargain there because backup quarterbacks aren't necessarily cheap. They signed yeah. Mariota for, what, $6 million or so? Yeah, yeah. The idea would be he'd be your day three, or excuse me, your uh, your, your QB three in 2023. And then Book, you, yeah. you hope that he can um, progress to the to the point where you're comfortable enough with him as your number two mm -hmm. in 2024 and beyond. And if he does do that, you're getting him for like a million dollars a year or less uh, at a position that is typically, you know, fairly expensive. And maybe he plays well in the preseason or something. And it's like, Oh, there's some buzz around, you know, DTR and maybe, you know, a team <laughs> right. desperate enough to, there's nothing going on at quarterback would trade anything of him of something yeah. of value for him. And you can ship him out in the future or whatever, or at least be a good, uh, interesting backup in the short term. So yeah, I like that pick a lot. Quarterback factory keeps on churning. That's right. Um, a little bit more understandable in the moment for the Eagles to take him here as opposed to when they took Jalen Hurts. Although, of course, it worked out uh, after paying Carson Wentz. Uh, but it would be really on brand if they did take a quarterback in the same draft right after paying their quarterback a quarter of a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. um, my final pick, Jimmy. Are you ready for this one? I'm ready, but it's I'm not Leon. Oh, who when I make up Leon Richmond, who I made up uh, as a fake player from the Colorado <laughs> School of Mines one year. Um, it's a real player, and it's a player the Eagles probably won't draft, but they should, damn it, because they've been ignoring this position for too long now. I'm taking punter 
Bryce Berenger, Michigan State, <laughs> the top rated punter by our friends at Puntalytics, who are like the, you know the preeminent, uh, mm-hmm. the definitive punter analysis people. Um, at the punt runs. Yes, on Twitter. I'm going to read their little description here. Berenger headlines the 2023 class. After spending his first years of eligibility figuring out how to be a consistent punter, he put it all together in his last two seasons at Michigan State. His open field versus pin deep differential is mm-hmm. the largest we have on record, but the alarming negative two or negative point two five uh, pin deep score might be more of a sample size and touchback luck. Uh, product of sample size and touchback luck with good coaching he should quickly become a plus starter bottom line Berenger perfectly fits the mold of a modern nfl punter massive leg and the rest can be figured out his nfl comparison is ryan stonehouse who is a total stud for the tennessee titans (laughs) and was an undrafted rookie free agent last year will the eagles actually spend the pick on a punter probably not but uh as i've said before Howie Roseman deserves a lot of credit for a lot of things. But one thing he deserves to be uh, is harangued a fair word here. Is that a, is a fair use of that word? Yeah, harangued is fair. Is the, like on, on the punter front, sure. So I think Howie Roseman gets a, a lot correct a lot in his philosophy in terms of the positions he does and doesn't value. Yeah. But I think a criticism is that he kind of maybe goes to the extreme with those sometimes. Yes. To the situation where in 2018, Josh Adams is your leading rusher. Maybe like you went a little too far on the end of not investing in running back or, you know, Nate Gary and some of the things that happened at linebacker. So maybe you kind of need to overcorrect a little bit here and actually spend a resource uh, on a punter because that ended up being a big reason why they lost. It was not the only reason they lost the Super Bowl, but it played a, a very like relevant part of why they did. And also, uh, Aaron, as we've talked about, Aaron Sipas has been trash in the playoffs uh, and in latent seasons for multiple years now. And I just think clearly is not the guy. So the Eagles need to do something at punter. Probably, again, it probably will not be a draft pick, especially with limited resources. But they have to at least sign someone. If they don't sign someone, like what are they doing? That's that's uh, that is embarrassing. That is a total failure. If they don't at least bring in someone to compete with Sipas at this stage, yeah. To 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 be clear on their devalued, pun, you know, on, on punters, they didn't even feel like anyone was worth a, a, a spot on their ninety man roster. That's so dumb. during training camp. So dumb. <laughs> So, like at at certain points during the offseason, there's there's a lot of different times where you can add a punter, whether that's uh, on a futures contract after the season ends, like for a team that had a punter on like a practice squad or something like that. You could have signed one then. You could have signed one during free agency. You could have drafted like five, four or five punters got drafted uh, last mm-hmm. year in the 2022 draft. That's not going to happen this year. Uh, but it was a crazy punter draft a year ago. They didn't take any then. They didn't take any during the undrafted free agency period of the draft. Mm-hmm. That's where Stonehouse got taken yep. by the Titans uh, during that phase of the draft. They didn't take one then. They didn't They didn't sign anyone, that, any punters that got cut uh, after 53-man cutdown. So there's all these opportunities to add a punter at some point, and they're just like, nope, we're good with Sipos. They can't do that this year. They, ju- they just can't roll with that. I mean, at a minimum, you got to give them legit competition, yeah. whether that's with a guy that you draft. And by the way, the, the, the punt run the Puntalytics guys, the, the scouting report that you just read there, in case uh, you're confused by what they're talking about there, what they're saying is that he's he can blast off in like like long field punting mm-hmm. situations, has deficiencies 
uh, when trying to like you know pin deep inside like the ten yard line or whatever. Coach him up, baby. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that you can coach it. Maybe you can coach that up. I'm probably probably. Well, the can, Eagles should really be only punting in positions where the distance matters more anyway, right? Yes, because they go for it. So yeah. my, my sense is that they actually value pin deep punting more sure. than open field punting because you look at the punters that they've had. Like Donnie Jones was a star in terms of punting, you know, pin deep because he had great hang time. He actually had a big leg. He could blast him off, but he was more interested in hang time and like not having punts returned on him. And then Sipos is definitely more of a is, is a better pin deep punter than he is open mm. field punter. And then the guy that replaced him with for a short time when he got hurt, his name I'm Brett forgetting Kern. already. Who was it again? Brett Kern. Very clearly not an open field punter at this stage of his career. Like he he had a noodle leg uh in those in the in the short time that it, it is with the Eagles. So for in a weird way, I think they actually value pin deep more but than the, more than they value open field punting, which they shouldn't because they go for it so much yeah. when they're, you know, plus fifty. Right. Um and you know they can they're only really punting when when they're you know backed up in their own end and trying uh, and to flip the field and, and you can do that with a big leg punter yeah. <laughs> right so get a guy that can actually blast it away and and he certainly fits that profile also uh, cold weather punter at Michigan mm. State too yes and the big thing that the punt runs punt analytics whatever the biggest thing in the, in the scouting report that they missed is he wears goggles. Which, oh, in my opinion, huge. increases his value substantially. Him, but between him and look, for the listeners who don't know, I wear glasses, as Jimmy can see. Mm-hmm. So maybe I have a big bias here between Nolan Smith and, and this guy <laughs> uh, for the the four eyes uh, crew here contingent. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. <laughs> All right. For uh, oh, I gotta pull up my YouTube sound effect again. Okay. My final pick is Mohamed Ibrahim, running back from Minnesota. I mean, his profile is pretty cut and dry. He's compact, physical runner, likes contact, finishes runs, you know, often with authority, good vision, knows what holes to hit, what blocking develops in front of him. So, you know, he's got a good chance to be like a good short yardage guy, guy that can kind of wear defenses out. Uh, in you know the the second half of games, which is appealing to a team like the Eagles, on the downside, he's got nothing in the way of receiving ability. Nineteen uh, <laughs> career catches in college, and he's slow. Like you can just see on film, this dude does not run fast at all. In fact, he skipped the testing drills at the combine <laughs> because he 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 likely knew it wasn't going to go well, so he didn't participate in in any of those drills. But he is what he is. He's just a a, a tough inside between the tackles banger. Um, you know, not a lot of flash, but can pick up the yards that are there. Isn't going to break off long runs or anything like that. But with one of the la- you know one of the last picks in the draft, what is two forty eight or something like that uh, that we're picking here? Uh, I think he's a guy that can that can you know give you some carries in a in a reserve role um, immediately. He, he helps out. He helps you out immediately. Uh, but you know, isn't going to be a star player or anything like that. I think to Tommy's point about, you know, adding a Jordan Howard-esque back. Yes. It's not something that the Eagles need to do, evidently. They had did, did not did not have that last year, and they went to the Super yeah. Bowl, and they did not lose because they didn't have that. But it is fun to have and fun to watch, and I think there is something to be said for the Eagles' brand of football, which to some extent, especially I think their offensive line, going up against some of these top run defenses in the NFL is like, it doesn't matter how good your defense is. We're going to impose our will. We don't care who you are. 
Like we're just going to go out and do what we do because we're that dominant. And I think adding a guy like that is a lot of fun who adds to that mix. And in theory, um, I know people say this a lot with Bijan and here's my anti anti Bijan thing again. Like part of the reason you should take him is to lessen the load a little bit on Jalen hurts, um, which I don't, like agree that should be the primary reason you do it yes um, but would be a factor but that's also the case here if you get a more physical runner on some of those more short yardage things you could have that guy to lean on a little bit more and then maybe kind of decrease the times that hurts is getting hit or just add more um layers to your kind of short yardage situations um yep. so yeah i like that a lot all right and that does it for each of our do you want to you want to review yours yes i will read mine top to bottom real quick and then uh, maybe we can note anything real quick that like we didn't get to or any critiques, self critiques. Sure. I have, um, I'm staying at all the picks. I know the Eagles aren't actually going to do that. Obviously they're not going to, this is not what they're going to do, especially with that big gap from their third round pick to the seventh round pick. It's like, I forget how many spots, but it's, it's a lot. Um, I have them taking Nolan Smith, uh, address her, Nolan Smith, offensive tackle, Dewan Jones, running back, Zach Charbonnet. Uh, cornerback Trevius <laughs> Hodges Tomlinson, defensive tackle Broderick Martin, and then punter Bryce Berenger. And I had the trade up, of course, to seven. Took Jalen Carter from Georgia, defensive tackle. Uh, traded back from thirty, picked up a, an extra third round pick. Took Trenton Simpson in the second round uh, from Clemson. Uh, traded back in the no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I traded my second round pick to the Raiders for Jalen Carter. Early third round pick, I have Cam Smith, cornerback from South Carolina. Uh, traded my late my, my the Eagles third round pick with the Bears. Picked up a pair of fourth round picks where I got Wanya, Wanya Morris, uh, offensive tackle Oklahoma, Daniel Scott, safety from Cal, and then with the two seventh round picks, I took Dorian Thompson Robinson, quarterback from UCLA, and Mohamed Ibrahim, running back from Minnesota. Uh, my critique of mine would be that I didn't add the like, pure safety. I did kind of fudge it a little bit there, saying maybe you can move Maddox if you get a slot mm-hmm. corner. So there is that. And I also didn't add like a pure linebacker. Again, kind of fudge it a little bit if you want to use Nolan Smith for some linebacker snaps, um, off-ball linebacker snaps, although, again, not really a primary role for him. Um, so I, I guess there's that. But uh, uh, And I didn't get to defensive tackle until probably ideally later than I would like to. So those are the things I guess I didn't like about my mock. What about you? Like, what do you think you could have? Yeah, I mean, it's what you called me out on during the draft. Yeah. So, like, I do think they're going to take an offensive lineman early, but that's just not how it worked out here with mm. uh, the way that I configured this. Um, I have Trenton Simpson with an early pick, uh, early in the second round after they traded out of pick 30. I think he's more than an off-ball linebacker, but – if you view him that way and the, the Eagles use of, if you view him only as an off ball linebacker, it's probably uh, not a likely guy that, that they'll take. But I think that, that they can view his full game and realize that he can also get after the passer. Uh, but I can see where people would look at that pick and go, oh, that's a different name than we're used to seeing. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a player that needs further explanation, I guess. Otherwise, uh, I guess in terms of unaddressed positions overall, um, I kind of cheated a little bit because I traded back and had an extra pick, uh, so I don't really have much on on in in the way of of, of in that, you, on you that front. Maybe edge rusher is something that I missed out on. Again, I kind of have uh, Trenton Simpson as a guy who can rush the passer, but uh, may not be his primary position uh, in the NFL. So that's that's an area that mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of people, self included, 
believe that they will address and potentially address early that I, you know, definitively did not. Also, you didn't get to running back until late, which isn't crazy to say, but it feels like they would need to do more. I don't think you can just go into the season with what they have in your case. I think you, or at least I think they might want to, or at least could afford to add like Dalvin Cook or whoever at that point. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't see my thing with running back is if they don't take one, I think they can still get a veteran and be fine mm-hmm. for the for the upcoming season. Sure. However that may uh, be. All right. Well, that's our dueling mock drafts. Uh, sure to be 100% accurate, as always. Um, <laughs> we will be back with you all probably on Sunday. I think after the draft, we will have coverage here at the Bleeding Your Nation podcast feed throughout through a number of our hosts here. Um, so stay tuned for that, of course for uh you know reactions throughout the draft and night one day night two and everything um but then we will have our full wrap-up analysis me and jimmy on sunday at some point we'll get together and record after we are able to find some energy after being tired from blogging our butts off and then uh again we'd like to get tommy on and uh, i'm sure we'll get some other draft maybe experts at some point we get Solak in here whatever um once the Eagles actually make their picks, because I know people love the draft buildup and I get it. But for me, it's a little more interesting when the Eagles actually have the picks made. And then we can talk yeah. about the actual players who will be actually on their roster. So and then also uh, undrafted rookie free agents as well. So we'll be back with that when the time is right. Um, do you have any final thoughts to me? Uh, no, we're, we're I think I'm a little podcasted out because we did yeah. back to backers this morning. And I have another uh, one little, coming up. I'm little, doing the NFC inside baseball. We talked to Tommy early in the morning and then took a little 15 minute break and we recorded this bad boy. So it's been like two and a half hours of talking here. And I'm doing <laughs> so. the NFC East mixtape after this. So <laughs> I got a whole nother hour podcast where That's we're, right. we're going to do, um, I think, the first three rounds for all four NFC East teams make picks for those so actually i got a quick question for you and this is something that's gone totally uncovered i have a final thought when you're done locally who what what do you think is like the ideal scenario from the from an eagles perspective on what the other three nfc's teams do in this draft (sighs) well we talked about this or we talked i think we talked about uh, we talked about we did or that me rj and i talked about this to some we talked about our i think um scenario we would fear the most from each team so okay. like, yeah we did kind of get into that i was actually going to bring this up to you rj what he said which i feel like is kind of trolling in part but also kind of serious in the short term would be Bijan. obviously like that's not mm-hmm. fun especially because of the texas angle for cowboys fans like that's especially okay. not fun for them um i don't think that's again the smartest move for the eagles he also put it in there. I get that though because they're not thinking long term they don't care about the eagles agree like 10 year plan they're like oh crap their offense is gonna be really hard to stop yes uh, i don't want to see that team win a win a super bowl in 2024 or 2023 you know yeah and they're they're not going to be like shaking in their boots because the eagles drafted paris johnson but i said yeah. to him i think that would be you know like the i would be annoyed if i was a cowboys fan looking at it in more in depth than being like this is another example of them doing smart things and building their offensive line which is always so good um he also said, RJ also said, the Eagles getting another first-round pick, like a future first-round pick. That would be very <laughs> annoying for him. Yeah. Um. So kind of hope they do that almost just because of that, because of spite. 
as George Costanza, or no, wait, Jerry Seinfeld, as Jerry Seinfeld would appreciate. Uh, yeah. Despite he's returning, uh, returning uh, a coat. Where did we turn? And they said, "What's the reason?" Spite. Spite. And they said, "Well, you can't return it because of spite." <laughs> well, why not? And they go, and, and he goes, "We well, just can't." Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm returning it because I don't like it. Yeah. Well, well, we already <laughs> said it was spite, spite, though. <laughs> um. Uh. I I think it's harder to say for I think the Giants and the Commanders because I don't think there's anything they can really do that is super needle moving. It feels like. Um, I feel like the receivers after Jackson Smith and Jigba aren't that great. Right. And if the Giants just draft one because they need a receiver, that's just a reach. And that would be, I think, the what you're rooting for if you're if you're an Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then um I think Cowboys taking a tight end could arguably be that same kind of yeah. thing. Not to say <laughs> right. the tight ends aren't aren't good, but I feel like it would kind of be a case of, well, we need a tight end, so we have to take a tight end. And yes. that isn't necessarily the best player. Like I, I wouldn't want them to get Kalajic Hansi. I would not like that as an Eagles fan. Like that would kind of be annoying to me. Um but we talked about that on the NFC mixtape recently, so you can check out that episode. My final thought is F Ben Simmons, man. I hate that dude. He sucks. <laughs> and we could have kept Jimmy Butler if it wasn't for him being a massive loser and the Sixers going with him. And it just stinks a lot that we don't have Jimmy here because we had to keep a player who would not try to do the main objective of basketball, which is put the ball in the hoop. And it's just a total loser. And players like Ben Simmons and Jalen Rager of that ilk who just do not have that dog in them, that is kind of turned me into valuing that attribute maybe too much um but certainly a lot more than i used to so uh yeah screw you ben what simmons. i always hated about ben simmons when he was on the sixers was there like there there were players that they couldn't acquire or wouldn't fit within their team because ben simmons had a laundry list of deficiencies that would make other players a bad fit. So for example, like if a guy would like lived in the paint, like, you know, or was a good paint player, well, you can't have him because he's going to clog up the paint because Ben Simmons can't hit a freaking jump shot. Or if I like, get a wing who was a slasher, well, that skill set isn't as valuable because we need guys that can, you know, stretch the floor so that Ben Simmons can slash and, and drive into the paint and make plays from there. And yet they chose to build around a player that is hard to build around because of all of his, you know, wide assortment of deficiencies. It's just a very garbage player <laughs> that I'm glad he's gone. And I mean, just doesn't like to, pl- to play basketball, right. in my opinion. It just doesn't like to play. And we've seen no. him kind of quit he the likes, last few years. He likes money. He likes fame. And that's fine. Like, he's allowed to like those things. But it's just it's calling it out for what it is, and that doesn't, he doesn't fly want to here. put in the work that 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 uh, that helps you achieve the things that like the, the the spoils, like the like the fame and the money. And it's just the other part of it too is people were so mean and like aggressively uh, attacking those who kind of like doubted him along the way. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like I would tweet something negative about Ben Simmons. And like, oh, you're an idiot. And like, it's so like so hostile and aggressive. And and it like it'd be like after a game where you scored like one ge- a point in the playoffs, so you did against the Celtics, and it's just like, how dare you? Because I think this length affects passing lanes, Brandon. That's what I'm like. This, like I, I just feel like we need to have a higher bar for the athletes that we stand. Like we can't just just because someone like is the number one overall pick doesn't always necessarily mean they're great. 
Like sometimes yeah. they're not good. Like same thing with same thing happened with Carson Wentz. People were defending Carson Wentz until like before he got traded. Like early 2021, we're talking about. Yeah. And I remember tweeting out after that Sirianni got hired. Like I thought it was interesting that Wentz didn't welcome him to Philly because Wentz had a track record of like any kind of hire or player that the Eagles would acquire. He would always tweet out, "Hey, welcome to Philly." And he didn't do that in that case. And I tweeted it out, and people are like bullying me, and like, <laughs> and this got so mean. Is that right? I didn't know. And, that. That's funny. And people were like, well, "Oh, Sirianni <laughs> says press conference. They actually want to keep ones or whatever." And it's just like, I don't know, man. I'm not saying like, oh, I'm I'm right. I'm so great. It's just that maybe we don't always need to be so harsh and mean when someone has like an uncommon opinion, uh, and make it so personal. Because the same people, I feel like, who do that. Then the player does get bad, and then it's just crickets. It's ghosts. It's not like, oh, sorry, I learned something. You were right. It's just like, nope, you just kind of go back and don't acknowledge that you were wrong at all. Uh, so that was always annoying. I've learned thing that too. hot takes or clickbait or whatever, like whenever whenever someone accuses you of a hot take or clickbait or something like that, it's really just I don't agree with your opinion. Right. Which is fine. We don't always have to agree on everything, but like, <laughs> yes, can we just sometimes say your opinion is valid? I don't agree with it, but it's a valid opinion. Um, you know, it's 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 how you feel. I don't agree. Right. You, or I just I don't I, I disagree, disagree with your opinion. But like you don't not, have to. Not you're an a hole. Yeah, why does I don't understand why it gets so personal? Like that's that's where sports <laughs> right. loses fun to me. And Twitter has become a big part of that. It's like that's not what it's about. Like you're gonna disagree. Yeah. You can do it, and also you can do it without it being like a referendum on someone's opinions. It's like you have one opinion, you know, on a player like that, and now everyone's your all, all of your other opinions are defined by this or invalidated or whatever it doesn't have to doesn't have to be like that so all right big tangent here at the end of the podcast but yes um i think it was worth it uh check us out on twitter at brendan gowton at jimmy kemsky again come to pistolas del sur on thursday night for a chance to win some prizes draft bingo i will be there uh, get to see you the eagles pick um right bgn15 for 15% off your order for Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to contact Kristen Roach of RoachRealtors.com at this phone number. 856-906-9295. We will be speaking to you again in the near future after the Eagles make their draft picks. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N-N. <laughs>